0: It's totally coincidental, my messages on healing. <laughs> Several of the songs you sang had the word healing in them. <laughs> we're hoping that people heal. And I, just to combine the indigenous ideas that, we, that were expressed and the healing, um, as an infant, so I was like months old, and I had a fever that would not break. And we were in an apartment. I remember, well, I don't remember <laughs> the moment, but I remember living in these apartments when I was older. And below us was um, a Native woman, and I, I can only assume perhaps it was Mohawk because we were in Ontario at the time. And she heard the, <laughs> the baby crying upstairs and she inquired what was going on. I had a fever that would not break, and she said, She sent up a message bring the baby down to me. And she wrapped my lower limbs in boiled burdock leaves, within the hour the fever broke. So, I owe my existence, I think, to this wise woman, and so the indigenous people have always had a special place for me. And I lived for two years in the north, and I had Inuit friends. And so, it, it's special when I hear about it, and I, I feel for them struggling with all those issues. But my message is on healing, Amen. and I, would, uh, I haven't chosen a specific piece of scripture, but um, those items in which Jesus healed people. Amen. But I want to open with a quote by Joan Borozenko, and she's a leading expert on, on uh, stress and spirituality. It is part of her, her practice And it's the mind-body connection. And this is what she has to say. The message that underlines healing is simple yet radical. We are already whole. Underneath our fears and our worries, unaffected by the many layers of our conditioning and our actions, there lives a peaceful core. The work of healing is peeling away the barriers of fear that keep us unaware of our true nature of love of peace, and a rich interconnection with the web of life. Healing, and these to me are are how Christ tried to explain it, healing is the rediscovery of who we are and who we have always been. We all know the Bible stories of Jesus healing the inflicted and the infected. And I'd like to focus on what Jesus said to each person that he healed, In Mark 5, Jesus said to the possessing demon, to the demon, come out of this man, you impure spirit. And after a little bit of negotiation, it did. But then to the no longer possessed man, he said, go home. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. To Jairus, the synagogue leader, about his deceased 12-year-old daughter, Jesus went up to her and said, little girl, I say to you, get up. To the woman with the bleeding disorder, Jesus said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. In Matthew 9, Jesus told the man with the paralyzed hand to get up, take your mat, and go home, which is the theme of the World Day of Prayer. In healing the two blind men, Jesus touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. And Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this. And I would like to explore that at another time. He told one man to go and tell everybody. Mm -hmm. told someone else, don't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. I want to explore that. (laughs) In Luke 18, Jesus spoke to the blind beggar saying, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. So where's the drama? Where's the the wailing and the showmanship that we see in movies and we hear on documentaries about faith healers? Did the disciples pass the hat after each miracle? Or did they sell holy water to take home and watch it turn into wine? No. That would be a Judas thing, like his moaning over the expensive perfume that was poured over Jesus' feet, instead of being sold and the money being given to the poor. Jesus did not turn his healings into circus events. All of the scriptures are referred to relate how Jesus healed people suffering from a physical ailment, including the man who was possessed, who was having what we would call seizures. But Jesus' purpose in coming to earth was not to physically heal everyone in the land. Otherwise, had he stayed... We wouldn't need a national health care system. Rather, Jesus came to heal broken spirits, to open spiritually depleted hearts, to allow the Spirit of God to be awakened to strengthen our lives. He didn't come with scalpels and sutures, He came with wisdom and forgiveness. He didn't prescribe pills and ointments, He prescribed prayer and loving our enemies. He told us to look within for God and the cure. If you had an ailment an ailment that you could be freed from or cured from this morning, what would you do with that pain-free time? What could you do? What should you do? The petitions that we place before God can be, but shouldn't be limited to what God can do for us. The more important question might be, why? Why do we request, why do we want our requests fulfilled? Is it because we're unable to function at work or at home? Are we missing out on opportunities to socialize with our friends? Are we wanting to help others but we can't seem to help ourselves? And so I ask you to consider, is my affliction keeping me down or is it really my spirit that is weak? There's a TV show called The Doctors. I don't usually watch it. I do try to catch the end of The Price is Right, and it follows after that. But they had spoken about what was going to be on that show. And it was about two ladies who were going to share their experiences with practically curing their own multiple sclerosis. Now, we have a lady in our church who is suffering with MS. And... I had told her that I was preparing this and I said, you know, if you hear this message, I'm not pointing at you, right? But they were discussing their MS. Multiple sclerosis is a progressive immune-mediated disorder. That means the system that's designed to keep our body healthy mistakenly attacks parts of the body that are vital to our everyday function. The protective covering of the nerve cells are damaged And that leads to diminished function in the brain and the spinal cord. So you start to lose your mobility, you start to lose your um, speech, you start to lose things. During the interview, the first lady, a medical doctor, had reached the stage of being wheelchair-confined. She became desperate to find a way to get out of this wheelchair. So she circumvented the doctors and took matters into her own hands and she researched. She changed her diet, first thing. Smoothies of the kind that make me gag, with a blended kale and beets and other nutritious things. She cut out meats and processed foods, and within weeks she started to feel stronger. Her vision was clearing, and so was her mind. And then she started biking again, starting out slowly and building up her muscles and her mobility. And several months later, she rode her bike in a short marathon for charity. She did not come anywhere near first, but she finished the course. She's not 100% cured, but she's moving, and she's thinking, and she's living beyond all of the medical system's expectations, because part of her healing was spiritual. doesn't say whether she was Christian or not. The second lady to be interviewed had been following this doctor's web page, and she set her mind to taking the same courses of action, and she too began to live well. She also quit her job to start working with the doctor in spreading the benefits of self-determining how to take back control of your health with basic physical and dietary changes and spiritual strengthening. Jesus was continually telling people that the cure for their ailment was already inside themselves. And we often translate that to mean their faith. It was in them already. But the story of the lame man by the pool of Bethesda has an interesting twist to it. And this is the story as found in John 5. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, I think it says 38 years, He asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, and here come the excuses. Why we don't feel better. Why we don't exercise more. Here are his excuses. And the story is that at the pool of Bethesda, an angel would stir the waters and whoever got in there first would be cured. Here was his reply. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. And the Jewish leaders wanted to know who would dare to heal this man on the Sabbath. The man who was healed had no idea who it was for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and he said to him, See, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. And of all the people at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus chose to heal a non-follower. He was not asking for Jesus. Jesus just sort of picked him out of the crowd. It was the will of Jesus and the grace of God that renewed the man's body and no doubt renewed his spirit. Frederick Gazer, is a theologian and the author of a book entitled Healing in the Bible. He contends that everyone who wants to be healed or saved must believe. But it is the power of Christ that heals and saves, not the power of faith. Faith is only the instrument, the conduit, connecting us to Christ. It is not the power itself. The power comes from the healer. Healing is not contingent upon the quantity or the quality of one's faith, but upon Jesus. Like the lame man, it was through Christ that the woman in Matthew 9 was able to receive a bodily
1: peace
0: as well as a spiritual peace. Jesus gave us the path to good health. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and body. And he did that to perfection. Knowing that all things are possible with God. Secondly, love yourself and then love your neighbor just as much. The wellness you desire for others is the same wellness you deserve. <coughs> Bernie Siegel is an internationally recognized expert in the field of cancer treatments and complementary holistic medicines. And again, it doesn't say that he is Christian, but listen to his words. I am convinced that unconditional love is the most powerful known stimulant for the immune system. If I told my patients to raise their blood levels of immune globulins or killer T-cells, no one would be able to do that. But if I teach them to love themselves and others fully, the same changes do happen automatically. The truth is, love heals. We all know the table grace that we teach children. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. I'm going to offer you another one. same meter. God is love. God is pure. God within us is the cure. I'm going to get you to say that with me. I'll do it in pieces. God is love. God is pure. God within us is the cure. And I'll leave you with that. And I have a song to follow this. It's familiar. If you know all of it, sing all of it. Or you can just sing the echo part. is well with my soul. Mm-hmm.
1: When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, what Lord hates the
0: Prayer. So we <laughs> Let us pray. Dear God, for the healing power that is in your spirit and in the hands of those who physically look after us on the earth. It said in the song that there's nothing on earth that heaven can't heal, that heaven can't cure. And the spirit of the person who is suffering is stronger when you are Your presence is near and it is even stronger when they are surrounded by those who believe. So we ask that you bless the hands of the doctors, the nurses who look after their patients, but strengthen their heart and their mind so that their wellness will be known to you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.